You're listening to the New Artist Workshop. I'm a trained fighter. London Prize ring rules. There were no rules at Antietam, though, were there, James? There are no rules in hell. Welcome back to your favorite podcast. Now that's what I call a franchise. I'm Peter Mancuso. And I'm Viviana Metzger. And this is the show where Peter and I pick a film franchise and go through every single installment. The good, the bad, and the ugly. And to be clear, we're defining a franchise as a series of films with at least four entrees. (laughs) So, Viviana, what are we talking about today? It was low-hanging fruit, but I knew you'd like it. Well, I was thinking I may have made this joke before. I I was thinking about when when the giant TV dinner... Holy frick. What, what, what are we talking about today? We're not talking about that one. Okay. We're talking about something else. Okay. Um, so today we are talking about the 2018, I said that because it bothers him, uh, <laughs> film Batman colon Gotham by Gaslight. And this is your one and only spoiler warning. So if you haven't watched the movie, go do that before listening to this episode. What are you doing? I'm I'm looking up to confirm it's, it's MPAA rating. Because I read somewhere that this was R. I thought you R. said it was, it was R. It is R, yeah, yeah. It was R on the TV. It was rated R, which I did not know until after we watched it. You didn't see it on the TV? No. It's like the like the profile. No, I know. I wasn't looking. I wasn't looking. Um, well, we don't have to worry about that now because we're old. I know. That's the thing. that we, <laughs> It's like I, I never really look. But I don't know if this really screamed R rate. Like, it was very violent, but I don't feel like more so than like a PG-13 thing. Like, there's no nudity. Because at that point, why not show some nips? And if anything, I, I feel like this was more toned down than than other stuff was. Um, I don't know about that. I thought it was definitely PG-13 level. But I just mean in terms of, like, nudity and... and Harley Quinn was way more... Batman and Harley Quinn was, was I feel like, way more way yeah. more risque than this and, one was, And Assault but. on Arkham and... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. there's a lot but going on. I remember um, when we first pulled this up to watch it. Blood. I yeah, I don't know. Um, I remember when I first pulled this up, I specifically was like, just so you know, like, here's the context for this. Mm-hmm. So that you weren't thinking, like, it's like Gotham is being gaslit by somebody. <laughs> what? Yeah, so when you read that last, well, when you read that name in the last episode, like, when, when I said last last episode, like, our next episode is Batman Gotham by Gaslight, what did you think that was going to be? Before I was, I told you what the setup was. <laughs> no, I probably thought that. Cause I didn't. That it was like psychological gaslighting. I didn't know that. I don't. I probably knew, but like I didn't think that those things were called that. I just thought they were lamps, or just like street lights. Well, what do they make? What do gas lamps make? Fire. And then what does the fire make? Light. How do they make the fire? With the gas, I didn't. I we don't say like. That's why. That's where the word gaslight comes from because it's from a film called Gaslight, and the premise is a guy like basically like this woman being told that she's crazy, but she's not. Like that's where that word comes from. Yeah, the yellow wallpaper. No, that's that's the yellow wallpaper, and she was crazy. (laughs) 
I shouldn't well, use okay. that stigmatizing word, okay. but she was mentally well, ill. We don't say we don't say like filament light bulbs, so I just figure it's I think it's I don't just know a street the... light, but it's just in the olden days, so it's made with fire. I think it's like a thing like talkies versus like the silent films and the movies. Like like we just have all these big umbrella terms, but like when it's the first thing, it's a gaslight. So here's this talking picture. It's a picture, but it's talking. You know, anyway. Why are you shouting? Wait, why don't you First read the letterbox? Why, why are you shouting? Because I'm Second a new of all, man. I, I don't really think of of the names of the little thing. Like, it's it's mainly about the story. You know, I think you're people don't really the point. people don't really go in Did, and make a Victorian age story to talk about the lamps. I can't remember. Did you answer my question? Unless what you thought this movie was going to be fire. about. I don't know what it would be about. Okay. Why don't you read the letterbox book but and tell us what it, what was, it about. was about? Yeah, well, I did the research, so of course well, I did. Prior to, I had heard of this comic, this comic miniseries before. Yes, okay. I didn't know about Gotham by Gaslight. Not gaslighting. Not gaslighting. No, it sounded like you said that. Goss- Gotham by ga- Gossip sh- by Gaslighting. Gossip by oh. Gaslight. Hey, that works. Gossip by Gaslighting. All right. Can you uh, please give me the blurb letter- before I scream? Can you calm down? <laughs> Uh, the letterboxed blurb. In an alternative Victorian age Gotham City, Batman begins his war on crime while he investigates a new series of murders by Jack the Ripper. Ooh. So, just for some context for our listeners who may not be history nerds, the Victorian age was um, a period in the life... Why don't you tell us what the Victorian age was from memory? Well, they know, like long dresses and corsets. But what? And but stuff. why? But what is the? Those are those are things of the Victorian age. But what is the Victorian age? When Queen Victoria was queen. That's okay. Yes. Doi. Definitionally, but but this this idea of like a very specific kind of cultural visual aesthetic, but also like cultural norms, and it was very like prudish in a lot of ways, like. In terms of like sexuality, and it kind of represented like that late nineteenth century English, and then to an extent American high class society. So like the the Titanic, a lot of people say is like the end of the Victorian age, even though Victoria had already died in nineteen oh one. Like like that kind of world, like this upper class kind of like thing, kind of the Titanic was kind of like the end of that in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. You look kind of confused. No. Oh, what what do you want to say? Nothing. Yes, you do. What do you want to say? Well, I was just going to say, just like think of um, like rich people during slavery, but then, you, but then you would say that that's a different time, which I know that's a different time, but just... And like, very different culture. I know, but I'm just saying in terms of like the, the aesthetic, right? Cobblestone streets, gaslights, apparently... Um, you know, horse-drawn carriages and such. Um, I think horse-drawn carriages have been around for hundreds of years. It's just also included. Anyways, letters, you know, with with the little feathers and and the little stamps, you know, Mm -hmm. different things. Yes, 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 yes. Think of like, think of like Interview with a Vampire. Very much. But, Um... but... in England. Well, I don't think su- England? pseudo-England. 
But there is a portion where it but is the Victorian but era. But I mean, isn't he? Doesn't he first become a vampire like in eighteen oh two? Like it's like early, like Louisiana. Anyway, I, my point is, so this takes place in Victorian. <laughs> the, the the conceit of this is, it's kind of like we talked about with Batman Unlimited. It is not like the Batman canon exists in modern day, and then in that same universe, another person was Batman hundred years ago. It's just like a no, reimagining. Of course, of course. As if like, what if Bruce Wayne was doing his thing, but it was like eighteen. This is just like a random fanfic. Um, I don't know if it's you can't really a fanfic because well, it was like, a, officially. Well, I creek. know like a random fanfic in terms of like it's not part of the in Elseworld as they say uh, official canon, but also was it made by just like a Joe Schmo? Remember, you know? remember we said that Elseworld stories. Oh, Elseworld. So let me give you some basic info. <laughs> okay. So this was directed by Sam Liu, mm-hmm. who is kind of becoming one of my preferred directors in the in this because yes. up to this point he had also directed Batman Year One, which I quite liked. The Killing Joke, which I liked, mm-hmm. but compared to how much people didn't like it, I guess I really like it, I guess comparatively. Yeah. He also did Batman and Harley Quinn, which is now one of my favorites, surprisingly. <laughs> um, it was written by Jim Craig. Craig? Uh, it was produced by Sam, Mr. Liu. It was distributed by Warner Bros. Home Entertainment, and it was released in January of 2018. Um, so, we had never seen this. Per usual. But again, I was aware of the original where, standalone graphic novel. Where would you even find this? Um, on a TV? The, 2018. Is it on Netflix? No, not sure where no. it is. Okay. Well, with all of these, so you have to already I, be a fan of that. How would I watch it? I mean, that's a weird bar, though, because I feel like a lot of these, like, you won't know. It's like you have to already, like, be in the loop on this stuff to know about. Because again, know, also in our algorithmic did, social I... media standpoint, like if you haven't indicated to Facebook that you care about this shit, they're not even going to show you ads about it. No, I know. I'm saying if if you did, if you were going to watch it. Well, it came out on DVD and Blu-ray. So you would have to go to the store and buy it. Probably. Even if you haven't seen it and you don't know if you'll like it. Yep, which is how it was done for decades. Which sucks, though. That's a gamble. It is a gamble. And that's why people loved video rental stores. <laughs> well, I mean, that's what we do with going to the movie theater. Well, yeah, but that's not like, now I have it, and it's like taking up space in my house. Mm, okay. So it's more of a space concern. Well, and then it's like, oh, I got this thing, and then people come over, and they're like, oh, you got this movie, and you're like, yeah, I didn't really like it, but, you know, I, I just have it. You want it? And they're like, oh, no. Just giving it away? No, it's okay. I have my own copy, blah, blah, blah. And VHS tapes are way bigger, too, than DVDs are. Or or Blu-rays, even. Like, VHS is, like, take up way more space. Blu-rays are so tiny. They're short and really thin. Yeah. Whereas DVD cases are taller and a little bit fatter, but not too much wider. Anyway, Mm -hmm. um, so a little bit of background here. (laughs) Um, This is, so like I've mentioned, this was based on the standalone graphic novel of the same name. Mm -hmm. Um, The story revolves around a 19th century version of Bruce Wayne making his debut as Batman just as Jack the Ripper has arrived in Gotham City. Uh, Gotham by Gaslight is considered to be the first Elseworld story in which DC Comics characters from alternate timelines or realities are featured in stories outside of the DC Universe canon. At the time the story was first published, the Elseworlds concept had not been established yet and initial printings were not labeled as such. So eventually that became like a label mm-hmm. that you would put literally on the cover. I feel so, like I've heard you say that with like Kingdom Hearts and stuff. No, not Kingdom Else- Hearts. Kingdom Hearts, everything is canon. No, we, we've talked about it on this show. I don't know. We've talked about this just like stories that are not 
like are specifically designed to be out of canon from the jump. Yeah. So to give the writer more legroom, right? Mm -hmm. So it's like Old Man Logan. So you wouldn't just say standalone? No, because standalone doesn't necessarily say what it has doesn't really comment on its canonicity at all. Hmm. Like something could be standalone but still part of a canon. Like Mask of the Phantasm is very standalone, but it is still part of a established canon of the animated series. Where some things are like from the jump, like this is like an alternate universe. So because of that, things are going to happen that maybe we wouldn't normally do with these characters, but it's okay because it's like an alternate version of those characters. So that this is like the perfect example. And it, it is apparently considered to be the first, even though they hadn't come up with that label yet to then put on covers of, of things. Hmm. It just seems like if there's just one of them, then it would just be, you know... It wouldn't be part of the continuous story, but what ifs? Well, I mean, with something like The Killing Joke mm -hmm. is, like, for all intents and purposes, canon, quote-unquote. Like, but it was a standalone issue. Mm -hmm. But, like, there's nothing in it that's, like, preposterously anti-Batman or, like, completely... Like, Batman is still Batman. The Joker is still Joker. Like, they behave in the way that you expect them to behave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas this is, like, completely different. Mm -hmm. Right? Um... So, which I think is really cool, though, that, that <laughs> comics have... Well, we what? find out later, yeah, people act indifferent. Well, yeah, that's the thing, is that, like, so you can... Spoiler alert, Gordon is Jack the Ripper? Which, if I I found in the trivia, and we'll talk about later, though, um, I don't believe Gordon was the Ripper in the graphic novel. That was a change made for this film. Hmm. Well, maybe... Which I actually kind of like a lot, but we'll, we'll get yeah, there. Yeah, I feel, I feel like that... Then, then, that then keeps it in the world. Do you know what I'm saying? Because, like, if it was, like... Keeps what in the world? What's it? The story. Uh-huh. Like, keeps the story in the world. As opposed to, like, oh, is Gotham in London? Like, blah, blah, blah. You know, like, all these things. So it's, like, it's all, like, self-contained. Mm-hmm. As opposed to just, like, bringing a random guy in who's not even, like, a... a canon like um like creating Batman a new original villain. character to then be revealed to be jack the ripper which yeah. i believe that's what it was in the comics i think it was his defense lawyer what who turns out to be the ripper um why does he need a defense lawyer because he's on trial and he's thought to be the lawyer he's thought to be jack the ripper so he needs a lawyer to defend him in court oh batman yes bruce wayne okay okay, okay. when he's on trial okay okay um, yeah, not Batman, Bruce Wayne. <laughs> People don't know that. Um, but no, I think it's really cool that Elseworlds as a concept exists. Again, because it gives writers the opportunity just to kind of like play with these characters in, in, in new and interesting ways. Like this is again, very dramatic in terms of like completely changing the setting and the time period. But then again, you have something like Old Man Logan, mm -hmm. which the original comic is really out there. Like it's like, mutant hulk people and red skull is the president and it's like way more <laughs> right but you can kind of but you can get away with doing really weird stuff because like i don't have to worry about the implications yeah nor do i have to worry about anything that's come before so i don't have to like oh if yeah, it's canon that if it's canon that bruce wayne's parents were killed like i could do an elsewhere story where like only his mother was killed. Mm. And he has a horrible relationship with his father. So, like, you could just do that as, like, a one-off it's, it's like, Elseworld story. It's like to get around the general grievous thing. Right? The what? 
how like there was that throwaway line and so now like Anakin oh yeah she's but but now it's like nixing that right so then it's like you can make it Mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying I know exactly what you're saying um she's referencing in Revenge of the Sith Grievous and Anakin meet and he and he says like basically George Lucas wrote a throwaway line of like implying that this is the first time that they've met but so when they do the 3D Clone Wars animated TV show because of that throwaway line they always have to like use contrivances so that like Anakin and Grievous are never in the same room together but every other character like so Obi-Wan it's also again it's also implied that Obi-Wan is meeting him for the first time but because there's no actual Uh, textual like signifier of that like Obi-Wan and Grievous duel a bunch of times but Anakin can never meet Grievous (laughs) because that would create like a a plot hole or like a retcon right Um, so to get around that yeah I'm not sure what you're trying to say here, but I think you're just saying, like, when you're weighed down by past events, you're kind of locked into certain story things. Yeah, yeah. Whereas with this, you can really just do whatever you want. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what you're saying. That's exactly what ye are saying. Um, <laughs> so what did we think? What did you think of this, Viviana? I thought it was good. I thought it was good. I liked it. Um, it was interesting to see it like in the Victorian age, obviously, because that's different. Um, it's like kind of the same, but also kind of different. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. I just I thought it was also like um, cleverly made to right? so like the references to all the Robins um, and. Like little nods, yeah. So they, there's like these like three street urchins, and they're all like, robbed. So it's like one is Dick Grayson, one's Jason Todd, and one is Tim Drake or Dicky. <laughs> Dicky, yeah. Um. So yeah, I thought there were a lot of nods, and also I was I was blown because <laughs> we've never seen Gordon. He's always like straight and narrow the golden child right he's always like the one guy who's like not even like a little bit corrupt Mm -hmm. and all of a sudden he's like got some weird like moral justification for like murdering whores well well, what makes it interesting is that it's not just like like, uh, oh this guy you thought was good is actually evil it actually plays into that because like we just said Gordon has always been like a moral center yeah so this is almost like Gordon has but like to an extreme yeah. Where it's like hyper moralistic, right? Well, where it's like he's not just killing people; he's not killing anyone. He's killing, he's like killing what he sees as like the filth, like the things that make society worse. Mm-hmm. So he sees himself as almost like this morally, like, a, like almost like a moral crusade. Yeah, know? like like he's doing what needs to be done to clean, which again ties into which I think I think that speaks to Gotham too, right? Because that's always the thing is like. Mm-hmm. That, that it's, like, the most crime-ridden place. Dirty. That, yeah. Figuratively, and probably literally, maybe the Ish. garbage men have been on strike. But <laughs> but but figuratively, it's always, like, it's very dirty. Like, that there's... Yeah. It's rotten to the core. And, yeah. And it needs to... Right? But not only not only does it fit because of Gotham, but also, again, it, they, it, it utilizes that selection of the time period really well. Because, like we mentioned before about these Victorian ideas of, like, pure, like... Uh, I'm not an expert on this. So some of this, uh, maybe, if you know more about this, like, you might hear like me say something wrong. Stuff. No, that's way before. Well, like, still, like the, the or like, um, like the witch, witch hunts, right? It's that's like, like 300 years, 200 years before. I know, but I'm just saying the, 
the moralism of I, I guess so, but that's existed throughout all of anyway, history. I'm talking anyways, about this specific anyways, strain of you, that. You continue what you're saying. It's, it's No, I, I, I understand what you're saying, that, but the thing is that it's been throughout all of history. What I'm trying to do is make a direct analysis here of the Victorian like specificity. Oh, okay. But you're talking about something that happened 200 years ago. Before, well, before that. I thought it would influence... I guess just general English prudism, I guess. But like that's, you know, that's <laughs> Anyways, not... I think okay. it reflects that and reflects the politics of the time, right? So like, you know, there are the robber barons, right? Because it's also not... From my understanding, this isn't meant to be like Gotham, but as imagined in England. Like it's meant to be America. Because no, there's not really anyone with... Amer- the only people with... There's the World's Fair. Yeah. Well, World's Fairs happen all over the place. I don't know... America doesn't have the wor- the exclusive rights on a World's Fair. Oh, I've only heard about them in America. Well, because you're American. Oh, what? <laughs> you, you would have think you would have thought they would. Well, yeah, France had one with I think the debut of the Eiffel Tower it was like a world exposition and like oh. yeah, other places do it. No, but I'm saying that's that's not my evidence for. It. I'm saying my evidence for it is except for like people that are clearly meant to be immigrants. Everyone has an American accent. Oh yeah. So I'm I'm just assuming this is meant to be still like. Because at this point, it's like, okay, Gotham's already a fictional city, so, like, why couldn't you reimagine it in England, right? Mm-hmm. But I'm saying I don't think they do that here. I think it is meant to be the United States. So it is commenting on, you know, that Gilded Age stereotypes of, like, the robber barons, right? And it's, like, one of the opening scenes is they're, they're doing, like, a tour with all the rich people. I think it's, like, the city council of the people, like, going to see the New World's Fair, and it's, like, this gorgeous, you know, beautiful, constructed, like, gates and all these exhibits on this stuff. But the scene right before... We're watching these street urchins like in like the grossest alley in town, right? So there's, there's that contrast between mm-hmm. uh, the haves and have-nots, right? Yeah. Which again is very emblematic of the time period, mm-hmm. right? Um, yeah, I mean, I have more notes here, but I don't know if you... <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> apparently, well, apparently every... Everything is too general, so why don't you continue? Well, no, I'm just saying, like the the pilgrims have nothing to do with the Victorian era necessarily. No, I just mean, I just mean like going on a on a moral crusade of of you know specifically targeting women and like you know yeah, in, like them being independent, right? And like really, the only way to do that if because I don't think like a lot of people knew how to read back then, right? Like that was still. Mm-hmm. You know, so, like, the only way to do that, really, is to, like, perform or, like, do stuff. So, Mm -hmm. right, you know. There is, like, a feminist, like, like kind of read on this. Commenting on different things. And, um, again, this is another piece of my trivia, but I'll I'll spoil it here. Apparently, Catwoman, Selena Kyle, because you're really just Selena Kyle. She's never quite Catwoman in this, which is fine. (laughs) No, just cats hang around her. (laughs) She has, like, the whip and stuff, but she's really never, like, dons a a costume or anything. She That character, Selena Kyle, was not in the graphic novel. So not only did they make Gordon... Like, this is very transformative. Gordon is now Jack the Ripper. And also, like, I, I think that the adding of Selena Kyle as, like, that female perspective, like, feminist perspective, I think mm-hmm. really, again, helps elevate the... Because look at it. There's a lot of felt like he's going and killing the horse. He's never killing the men who sleep with the horse. Yeah. So there's, like, a sexist angle to it, even though maybe he wouldn't characterize it as that. Like, yeah. Like, it's not just about immorality it's also a misogyny yeah if perhaps implicit in in gordon's actions you know and yeah. i think that it i think that's a great addition to this there, story there's that a lot of layers the, to it yeah i think there, there's like the, cla- the victorian classism, era the like 
sexism uh, and, you know, just kind of like, I don't know, just like thinking that they're, that he's more than other people, right? Um, I also thought it was interesting that they killed like Poison Ivy. Um, and she wasn't, she wasn't even like a, a sex worker. She was just dancing. <laughs> but I guess. May as well. Well, back then she may as well be. Yeah. You know. Because she, she kind of shows she off some of the goods. She showed off her ankles. Well, it's implied that she's going to go topless. Got somewhere they're like, like enough of the, they like, no, take I off know, the top. Like, let the leaves fall, baby. <laughs> Which is kind of funny. But, um, um, I don't know. I guess if you want to start talking, like, about the film and, like, kind of going through it. Usually. Yeah. Like, we have. That's what we're doing. No, I know. But usually. We're in the what did you think section. I know. But usually we've been kind of broad. But I feel like this one is just, like, has so many things and it's, like good throughout that i don't know <laughs> i kind of yeah, let's I, go through it I what are some of, things coming to mind um well i don't even know if this is like it, it's probably not important but um if you noticed going, it, it was important <laughs> well going, you may as well talk about it well going back to poison ivy right so she's doing that and then it after, was once again very rendered very sexily as i've come to goes, expect from goes. these batman films the more sexy women mommy Catwoman. <laughs> Oh my god. Anyway, continue. Anywho, um, so you know, she's doing what she's gotta do. She went to work and then but she kinda feels like icky afterwards, which makes sense, right? The guys are pigs and they're yelling at her. Um Hey, hashtag not all men. <laughs> <laughs> That's all you talk about. It's how sexy they are. And they're That's pro- not all I talk about. Yeah, if we if we look that's at my the things I've said, you bring up every time. I bring okay, but that's, there's a difference between bringing it up every time and talking about it all the time. No, not all the time. I have my, just... my obligatory mention of the sexy women, but ninety percent of what I'm talking no ninety eight percent of what I'm talking about <laughs> is like actual analysis here. Anyway, so she's feeling kind of icky, and then Jack starts like who we find out is Jack. There's this guy, this ominous guy, who just is following her. And then she's, like, running away, but then eventually kind of, like, is like, oh, you want to get together? Which I thought was weird because, like, it seemed like such a dramatic shift. But I No, no, no. She, she was just running away, and then she bumps into Jack the Ripper. But I don't think she was running from Jack the Ripper and then bumps into Jack the Ripper again. Why was she running? I think because someone else was trying to do something with her. In fact, I don't remember no. her running. I think she was just walking down the alley, like, annoyed. Well, no, she was like, she had a quickened haste. Anyways, runs into Jack the Ripper and she's a like, quickened oh, haste. And you, oh, you want to get together, blah, 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 you know. Um, implying that she does also do sex work on the side. Mm-hmm. And, um. As a side hustle. <laughs> which was, I thought was so weird because she was like being like, oh, the guys are so icky. But then, well, because he seemed like a gentleman. Did he? Yeah, because he, he was wearing the special stuff or something. Approached like he her like, in the dark. Well, he was dressed know. like a when a gentleman needs to fuck that he goes to the alley. <laughs> but he's still a gentleman. I guess. But anyways, so I don't know. That was weird. But so he's probably better to hook up for her than the other dudes. A and then also B because he's a gentleman, he's got the money for it. I guess. I don't know. It just seemed weird. Like, she just wanted to go home. But I guess she was like, well, if he's here, then, you know, might, might as well make some money. She's even like, we don't even have to go to my place. We can just do it right here. 
Ew. <laughs> in the in the streets when there was no plumbing, when there there was no indoor plumbing. Where this period people, there was in fact shit in the streets. Like people, people just people just threw a bucket of shit outside. I think I read I, I forget what part of it exactly, but New York, you know like the famous brownstone building design? <laughs> yes. And you know like the, the iconic like steps? Is the, that why it's brown? No, the the, the reason why it's <laughs> no no. The reason why I believe it's elevated like that is so you have a couple steps to wipe the shit off your shoes before you get into your house. As opposed to if the door was just on street level, you would have no like oh, yeah. distance to go to wipe your shoes off. So yeah, you know, people yeah. would wipe. I think there was also like little metal bits that people would wipe their, the shit off their shoes. Yeah. So it was a common thing in this time period mm-hmm. of just like that. That was the reason why there was so much death from just from just disease from from yeah. like feces and Ew. you know what I mean. Um, no, you shouldn't be throwing it out on the streets. Go. Where are you supposed to do it? I don't know. Well, also, I thought it was weird. Gordon had like a very modern looking backyard. I guess you just throw it out there. I don't know. I don't know. I think I think he he had a different. But well, again, it also kind of reinforces the class distinctions here, where you have like the people living like true. in the slums essentially, versus like Gordon has like ostensibly like a, a suburban home even though it wasn't quite a thing yet like yeah. like an actual house with like a like a yard yeah like which did exist and but a working basement um and the, but again that kind of shows the the difference where it's like you know it's important that he's like that or has that class status mm-hmm. which ties into the moral judgment that he imposes again always on lower class women yeah you know what I mean so I feel like those are not incidental yeah women specifically like not even just like Horror people in general, just like I don't know. Like, like the, there's like a ringleader <laughs> for the troubling. for the for the street urchin robins, right? <laughs> so like an adult is that man. What you're calling them street urchins? Yeah. Street rats. Yeah, the street rats, right? <laughs> Whatever you would call them. The well, poor why children living Why isn't the, the Ripper going after that guy who's exploiting these children? This is true. Right. So it feels very misogynistic. Mm-hmm. Even if he's just talking about it in in broader moral terms, yeah. it feels like why why are you not holding men to the same standards? Yeah, because he sees sexual quote unquote crimes, De- yeah, or just it? sexual De- acts as as inherently system. more depraved. Dep- yeah, dep- Depra- depravity. Depravity. You know, like is is inherently immoral. To what even with his own wife, where he. Yeah. Basically has scarred her. She's basically like two-faced. Like she has her, she's all I, fucked Yes, up. yes. That's what I thought. It was kind of like a, uh, I don't know. I don't know if it's a nod or something. But um, yeah, I thought she kind of looked like two-faced. I think, I think in the credit, she's listed as Barbara Two-Faced Gordon. Like oh, it's supposed really? to be an, an allusion to, uh, like not that she's gone, not that she's like two-faced in any other way, but just kind of like a nod, like using yeah. that iconography in a different way. Yeah. Right? So even in her, but she's like also supportive of it is the thing. So it's like this weird kind of like, well now, talk about gaslighting. Yeah. I right? feel like she's been like brainwashed, you know. Or just like conditioned almost. Because that's, yeah. I mean, that's like a big thing. Not to go, not to go into cr- some craziness, but that's like. Go a, into some craziness. No, no, no. But that's like, you know, a, a big thing of leverage in terms of like um you know like abuse and um and misuse of power in in terms Mm -hmm. of you know kind of cultish things right so like like Ghislaine right like she's a woman with Jeffrey Epstein yeah yeah, or like you know like the women who were oh what what is it called well it's it's not the same Um, but it's like the pick me thing where it's like well I'm I'm better than those women 
Like, I'm willing yeah. to have these women exploited because I'm above, like, I, I get protected or I get to be above them or the top, yeah. right? Or the, I forgot what it's called. It's like the sunshine or, I don't know, the the father thing, right? It was like this cult or whatever. And, like, the elder people knew or, like, allowed, like, these, like, young girls to... Oh, what was it that the uh, the, the the Mormons? I forgot his name. Not the Mormons, but there was like a there was a specific super weird. I think sect there was like that. a subsect or something. But yeah, you he, watched he, it was that documentary keep keep sweet pray and obey. Yes, right. Yes, that yes. that was the documentary you watched, I which I watched parts of it. It was yeah, quite fantastic. Like yeah. you know, he had like not only like like fifty wives or something crazy, but um, a lot of them were young too. It's not just like a lot of wives, but they, some of them were like yeah, teens. Yeah, yeah, it was like fourteen, and like they would like watch and that's like they ugh, they um played some of the recordings of it and like like people like the some of the ladies in power would like or like the kind of higher up ladies would be like oh you know you have to do this or whatever like you're serving god by like being his wife and like you know letting mm-hmm. him yes you know take you um and all that stuff so it's definitely yeah. a thing especially mm. like in cults and stuff like you know because cults are about power and power dynamics are often um often manifest uh between the genders yeah so it's not that well, it's and- specifically about that but it's like if you're gonna have something that's about power dynamics misogyny is going to inevitably arise yeah I right think, i think like exploiting the sisterhood of women you know like I think there's just like an inherent mm-hmm. kind of sisterhood or trust yeah. or, you know, mm-hmm. um, so, so when, you know, someone is kind of like been brainwashed or, or gaslit or whatever and, or, or, you know, they're living high and they know if, if they do something, then they're going to be treated like the rest of, you know, the other people or whatever, um, Kind of selling out there. I don't want to use the word it. kind, but like selling, like selling out your selling your own. Out your you know what I mean? But it's like it's like when women, like like we mentioned Galen yeah. Maxwell, like when you're willing to put other women down. Yeah. For your own for your own advantage. Well, either that or like for their safety. Like if you genuinely right, but you know care about those other women right and it's just like okay we just have to go along with this you know mm-hmm. so it's either like complicity or like being taken advantage of yeah like, i don't know it's important to know um again that in the victorian era was not unique in terms of women being sub- subordinate to men in the society of but course, yeah. this is also really the era where you really begin like the the fir- first wave feminism really emerged like mm-hmm. the women's suffragette movement yeah um grows out of this late 19th century, um, you know, period. Mm -hmm. Um, Which then gets continued. So, like, when you watch Mary Poppins, it takes place, I think, in 1910. And, like, Mm -hmm. the mom is a suffragette. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then in the United States, by 1920, right, is the 19th Amendment? I think so. I always want to say 1919, but I'm like... 23. 23, no. In any case, like, that era. Like, not long after. I don't know. 19. It was, the 20th anniversary was when I was in college. 19th Amendment. Let's see. I'm pretty sure it was the, uh, where is it? God damn it. Where, why doesn't it just say it right at the top? When was it passed? Oh my gosh. Oh, 1920. 
It was ratified 1920. Yes, 1920. Mm -hmm. That's what I said at the beginning. Um, So again, so it's really great to see, you know, like you can use Selena and Barbara as like contrasts or foils, right? Mm -hmm. Because they both represent like two sides of womanhood Mm -hmm. in this period. Whereas Barbara's a lot more subservient, submissive, and like ultimately adopts the philosophy and ideology of her husband. Like, whether, whether, whether is cynically accepting it while consciously not believing it, but just doing it for her own survival or actually believing it versus Selena, who is very independent. Like she's never like, yes, she does fall in love and like is with a dude, but it's very clear. Like it is a very co-equal relationship and like very independent and is is willing to have her own age. She's willing to expose his secret for her own aims because he gets arrested um, for being Jack the Ripper. And she's like, but she, and she knows he's Batman at this point. She's like, you should tell, you need to tell them you're Batman because then you'll have your alibi. He's like, I can't do that. And she's like, I'm willing to do that. Yeah. To, to stop it. Like, so it's clear she has her own agency yeah, she, and is not just being directed by Bruce or another man. Right. No, no, um, no. So what were you guys saying? I'm sorry. Um, But I feel like uh, it's kind of like that movie. Oh, wait, I don't know what it's called. Uh, the one with, um... Hugh, it's okay. Jack- Hugh Jackman and the old lady was like kind of carrying out um all prisoners the, we the same type of like abs- moral absolutism the Denis Villeneuve like, movement of, of yes where that, for the listeners a movie called Prisoners phenomenal you should watch it where basically Hugh Jackman plays a dad his daughter gets abducted and well we can't you can't just spoil that but ultimately the woman oh, who it turns out <laughs> to be is this woman <laughs> whose their child was like kidnapped and murdered so basically she was like there is no god anymore like like i don't believe in god and i want to make everyone else like lose their faith as well mm-hmm. so how does that kind of tie into, what, what were you going to kind of tie well because like it it was something that i think like didn't her husband start it or like they started together but then probably but yes then, like yes. she's carrying it out now um so mm-hmm. that's kind of like with barbara i feel like you know um she's like bought into it She's like she, she sincerely it, believes but, it, but but it was because she was like victimized at first. Like I don't know how the hell she got like burned, all fucked or up or whatever. Like but like obviously she's yeah. been like um, a victim of abuse, and so like yeah. But now it so it's like, oh, it's so difficult. It was funny because as we know, sometimes Barbara is his daughter, but then also sometimes that his his wife's name is Barbara. Yeah. So in the oh, in the first thing that we see, like he wakes up and finds. Barbara missing from the bed and he's like where's Barbara and you were like why the hell he's sleeping in the same bed with his daughter <laughs> That's right. but they, it turned out to be his wife and, <laughs> well, um, isn't it usually like Helen or Ellen what was it Ellen Essie or something it depends it, it, it depends um it, again it's also interesting that we have Gordon being like this hyper moralistic serial killer mm-hmm. like very much like like the fire and brimstone view of the world yeah but how does he die in the end he burns yeah I think that's very, I think that's a nice touch where it's like, he's been saying all these people, they're going to burn in hell, but you are burning on earth. <laughs> and specifically because I think he, Batman like tries to rest, not rescue him because he wants to save him, but just like, like, you know, like your punishment is going to be prison. Like it shouldn't be, but yeah. basically Gordon is like, is he would rather burn yeah, than, than be caught in a sense. And I, I, I'm, I'm going to say I really liked this movie. I think there's a lot here to sink your teeth into. Yeah. 
And now how much of that is just from the graphic novel? And again, this is now just like an adaptation of it. It's just the story in general, you know. I but I think it's even better because I like the Gordon being rip the Ripper mm-hmm. element, and I like the addition of Selena Kyle, or at least some kind of mm-hmm. strong female character at the heart of it yeah. that challenges, you know. I know. I thought Poison Ivy was gonna have a big role, but then she got she got murdered. She that was more just there as like a like a little like nod, as you said, a nod. Yeah, yeah. Um, really, just really interesting premise, you but, know, just like idea to do this. Going back to the graphic novel, just like yeah, a, a really interesting. I like whoever came up with it, you know. Yeah, one well, also something that um, like we're talking about keeping the story contained within uh, this version of Gotham. Um, I also. I don't know. I guess I liked it, but I I thought it was interesting. Um, the kind of the connection of the church and like the nun and everything. So like, mm-hmm. it seemed like everyone was an orphan, but like you know. So so Pamela. Also, we like, love Sister Leslie. Yes, she was so kind. Um, Who I don't know if I put this. Sorry to interrupt. I don't know if I put this in my trivia, but mm-hmm. Sister Leslie, because again, all these characters are like Victorian reimaginings. Mm-hmm. Leslie is based off a character from the comics who like kind of like takes care of Bruce a little bit like mm-hmm. after his parents die. Never heard of this Leslie. The, the, she is featured in the animated series. Oh, okay. I don't think she's it's not like Alfred's still around taking care of him, but she yeah. becomes kind of like a a, a mother figure. Mm-hmm. The way Alfred kind of becomes a father figure. Yeah. Um so so that is a reference to that. So this this character mm-hmm. is is not new. Yeah. Um I'm sorry you were going to I just I just love her. <laughs> We love a good Catholic nun. She's about to get murdered by the Ripper, what and if, she's like, "I forgive you." What if she's like, Episcopal. She's Catholic. Come on, she's <laughs> Irish. Come on. I know that was powerful. She was like, "I forgive you," you know. Um, which is, which is, I guess, at the heart of Catholicism, I suppose. You know. Yeah. Well, well, they said. What did he say? I found it very powerful. Um, Jesus said, "If you, if someone slaps you on your left cheek, offer him your right. Offer yeah. him your right." Um. Not to accept abuse, but like to. I really understand that, but I, I get the concept. That, that that was in response to like the eye for an eye. Yeah. Thing like it's not that you should accept abuse. It's more so that like typically the world would want you to believe that it's morally permissible. Like something does some if someone does something bad to you, it's not only right, it's not only okay, but you should. Yeah. Do something in return to balance it out. Uh, okay. Whereas whereas Jesus, in the gospel, preaches. It's like don't act upon others like just like because so offering your other you. cheek is not to say let them keep abusing you because it's not really no. about getting physically hit it's about it's about even if someone does wrong to you don't only not re- retaliate but still offer them love yeah instead it's not like the analogy kind of stops there about it literally being about like getting punched in the face no no like, no yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's, it's less about like just submitting to more abuse and more so like even if someone has done something wrong to you yeah not only don't get even, yeah, but show active like compassion, love. yeah, because- and not just like oh love as in like oh you kind of like like go out of your way to be even nicer, like mm-hmm. you know so yeah. So I feel like Sister Leslie really kind of captured that in her in her death that she yeah you know well, wholeheartedly like basically forgives the river before he even does anything yeah you know well because usually hurt people hurt people um, whoa it's true it's true. Um, I don't know. I mean, they didn't really go into Gordon's background, but that could be a thing. Um, but... Well, it's implied that he was just fucked up from the Civil War. 
Because mm. he, he said to have, have fought at Antietam, which bef- until Gettysburg was like the bloodiest battle of the war. Mm. And it still was like the second bloodiest after Gettysburg. Yeah. So it was it was a very, very blood, uh, violent... Bare knuckle champion. Right. So it's implied that, that there's like something about like... like the cultural... Yeah, and like not even... Like, yes, but also kind of almost becomes emblematic of, again, a cultural phenomenon of like the horror of the Civil War mm-hmm. and how that reverberates even decades after it. Mm-hmm. Right? So, because again, the Civil War is the bloodiest war to have been fought in this hemisphere that we know of. In the hemisphere? In this hemisphere, yes. Damn. Um, this is a big know. hemisphere. It's a big. It's, it's half of the whole world. <laughs> it's half of um, the whole world. You telling me in half of the whole world? So it makes sense, like from a cultural perspective, that the country would be changed. Yeah. It wasn't just hard going through it, but that something about the United States would be fundamentally changed. Yeah. You know, in that respect, obviously the country changed because slavery was abolished, right? But but <laughs> just in, in like a more like almost like a cultural psyche kind of way. Yeah. And now, even if you didn't serve in it, this was like the first major war in the world, really, mm-hmm. that um, that coincided with the advent of photography. So mm-hmm. now you were able to see like these like fields Loaded of dead soldiers. Bodies. There's like a famous yeah. photo of all these just dead soldiers in a field. Yeah. Right? So it was like the world, let alone the United States, the world had never seen, seen it before. War was always this yeah. either distant thing or like you lived it. Yeah. Either as a soldier or like your town got attacked, but like now people who mm-hmm. had no, who were not touched by conflict could now see it. Similarly then with like Vietnam, mm-hmm. like it's like being broadcast on the nightly news every night. They like, broadcasted that? Oh my no, God. No, I just mean footage from the war. I know. Something. They showed, Viet- they showed footage of Vietnam? Probably not the worst parts of it, but yeah. Just any parts of it. That aided to it. Um Jeez. And you can think about that today with YouTube. Like, we're seeing stuff from Israel, from Ukraine. Like, like it changes the way we think about war and our willingness to, our, our complicity in violence. I mean, Michael Moore, they're really getting on a tangent, but Michael <laughs> Moore's Bowling for Columbine, his, our, his kind of central thesis of that is that America's war culture mm-hmm. is what leads to things like Columbine. Mm-hmm. That, like... It's in like so he basically there's like this great sequence where he traces basically like post World War II to 9/11, mm-hmm. just like kind of like all these major events where like America basically has like created instability that will inevitably lead to violence. Yeah. Right. So like you know Iran will elect a democratic leader, but oh he's a little too uh, sympathetic to the Soviet Union. We're going to depose him in a secret CIA operation that only gets declassified decades later. Yeah, right, yeah. and who goes in his place? A fundamental, like a, like a, like a dictator, essentially. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, which then creates political violence in Iran when then they have their revolution, mm-hmm. but then it swings to the other direction where it's like fundamental, um, like fundamental Islam. Yeah, where like women are being like you know like they can't go to school and all this stuff. Yeah, and again, like in Afghanistan. Uh, you know, I, as I, as I made very clear, I'm no fan of the Soviet Union or anything, no. right? No. Um, but, but, but. I remind you, Rocky 84. That's all I got to say. But from my understanding, when Afghanistan in the 80s was under a communist leadership sponsored by the Soviets, mm-hmm. Afghanistan was basically the Soviet Union's Vietnam. Like, they basically went in, overthrew 
a government there imposed a kind of a, a friendly communist government. But basically, it was like a decade of insurgencies. That's how Osama bin Laden got his start, mm -hmm. trying to push the infidels out, right? Mm -hmm. But under that government, women had more rights than they ever had. So it was really yeah. annoying when 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 the Taliban retook Afghanistan in 2021. Everyone was like, "Oh, look at Biden. He's ruining now. Women won't have rights." Like. Yeah, but the same people didn't care about women having rights under the communists. It's just that you're using the women's rights yeah. as a as a way to criticize Joe Biden, yeah. who I don't like. But you know what I'm saying? But, like people doing it disingenuously. Yeah. So I'm saying all of this to say. Well, I yeah, I read um I read a book and it was based on some like someone's real life, kind of like Malala, but um like she lived in I think Iran maybe. Iran or Afghanistan um in like the 80s and 90s and stuff and like it was like like America yep like you know CDs nail polish like magazines you know all this stuff and then like the people started taking over and it was like if you have any of that like you know you're gonna get arrested or like you can't go out without a man and like you have to wear like a burqa mm -hmm. and all this stuff so it's like it was crazy, just like the, the, uh, the, the, fl the flip, yeah, how it, how it went, you know? Mm -hmm. um, this, this, we're kind of getting off topic here, just all of this to say that war <laughs> is, <laughs> the violence is not just <laughs> limited to... <laughs> Good God! Sorry. They, that war is not just... The effects of war are not just limited to the war itself, mm -hmm. but that it, it, it permeates the violent culture... The culture of violence, I should say, permeates social domestic life. Yeah. That it's not just about wars. Like, it, it will in, it will lead to more interpersonal violence. Of course, yeah. You know, um, like, again, serial killers and... Like, maybe this is, like, my <laughs> own conspiracy theory, but, like, it, I don't think it's a coincidence that you... Like, there were always serial killers, I, but I don't think it's a coincidence you get a huge surge of serial killers in the 20th century. Yeah. The most violent century in human history. I don't think that's, that's an accident. It yeah. obviously also is like a reporting bias because like because like <coughs> we were developing ideas like statistics and actually being yeah. able to collect the data. So again, for all we know, this was already exist. But even that aside, mm -hmm. I don't think it's an accident that you see like the emergence of serial killers in yeah. the 20th century. I don't think that's an accident. Yeah. I know this may be a conspiracy theory, but I just want to—I just want to say something because I feel like there might be some type of merit to it. But I feel like, uh, kind of on the same regards, right, in terms of of violence and and interpersonal violence and you know societal and whatnot, um, having reverberations. I think if there was like no, <laughs> it sounds so silly, but it's. I feel like it's true. Like, I feel like if there was, like, no homophobia or, like, no, like, like, if people were just free to be themselves, that, like, people like John Wayne Gacy and, like, Jeffrey Dahmer, like, wouldn't have been serial killers because then they could, like, just live their lives as themselves without, like, the fear of, like, being beat up or killed or, like, being ousted mm -hmm. or whatever, you know? Because, like, like, his, uh, because... John's uh, father-in-law was, like, not blackmailing him, but, like, he was, like, basically, like, telling him what to do and, like, if you don't, then I'm going to tell, like, my daughter to 
to divorce to divorce you and all this stuff and like mm-hmm. I guess blackmailing. I don't know. So you know, and there's like the hiding of like he was like in a you know he was married and had kids and whatnot and like I know things kind of you know uh, they kind of tumbled from there in terms of age and whatnot. But I feel like it wouldn't have been so. I don't know the the grab for power or like they're, they're, abuse yeah. and stuff like it wouldn't have gotten to that level i feel like if they're just like allowed to be themselves so i feel like that is something that's another example mm. of of the kind of cultural violence turning into like in, interpersonal issues yeah there, there's something to the there is something to what you're saying um, I know that's I think, like far off. I'm, I'm sure there's way more to it, but like I just feel like that's like a kind of well, broad stroke kind of conspiracy theory. Well, that well, I here's the thing: is that there's there's truth to what you're saying in that <coughs> the the psychological trauma of of hiding your sexuality, yeah, I'm sure can, um, you know, could potentially lead to really really dangerous outcomes. Mm-hmm. But I think where people would maybe draw the line, or at least really, like, I would put a really big asterisk on what you're saying, Mm -hmm. is that it's not because they're gay. Mm -hmm. It's the fact because they're gay, and we live, or at least lived, you could still say live present tense, but lived in a society that made that uh, a bad thing, Mm -hmm. the hiding of yourself, regardless of what that self is, Lead to the led to the psychological trauma that then results the in potentially tra- you becoming a serial killer. Isolation, because here's the thing: is yeah. that it's often because like it's a very slippery slope. Because a lot of times people will like accuse gay people of just being pedophiles, or like naturally they're pedophiles because they're gay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that is like kind of an underlying like you don't mean that, but what you said kind of adds to homophobic things that people have said. Yeah. They're like, well, of course he became a serial killing pedophile because he was gay. No. I know that's not what you mean, but it's really not because he was gay. It was because he had to hide his true self. But if well, his true self was wanting to be I a mean. painter. No, that's like, what I mean. Is that like the, that. I'm saying you have to be very self... careful when you say stuff like well, that because. Well, that was saying with, without homophobia. So like an argument will be like with Catholic priests, like, Oh, like they abused kids because they were secretly gay. If the church just allowed them no, to be gay, they wouldn't no, no. T- uh, sexually abuse children. And I'm gonna have to put another trigger warning on this episode. Thanks, but but it's like no, they didn't do that because they were gay. They did that because they held positions of power and are sexually repressed because the church has like draconian celibacy rules for their priests. Mm-hmm. It's not because they're gay. No, no, no. I'm saying that 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 is a reason for the isolation and repression, and then you know that's not good for people right you know like to hide themselves and and basically like internalized homophobia right or or sexism racism whatever and then you know kind of divulging from there not having support in their lives right there there was like there was like a whole bunch of things that I that know. led up to it but i'm I just know. saying I'm just saying it's people have said that and they mean it very homophobically oh, so right. i think if you say that you oh. need to really put like a big asterisk oh i don't mean it like that okay. can we get back to batman sure but there is also the class <laughs> there's also the class gordon <laughs> should have been gay <laughs> and he was so repulsed by his own gayness oh. that he killed women to well 
no, but he he could have, like, been very into sex or something. I don't know. Is he said to have ha- have kids in this one? Do we see him have children? I don't know. Because it would also be like another interesting thing where it's like he's so repulsed by like sex mm-hmm. that like he doesn't even have any children. I don't know. I figured it was just implied because of because of like Barbara or like you know because he usually does have kids, but maybe not because we didn't see them. No, okay, that was my question. I couldn't remember if we if we see them. Yeah. Um. So Batman. Yeah. This might be like my favorite Batman design ever. Yeah. Yeah, I, I just like the costume. It's interesting. Like it fits the time period really well. Mm-hmm. Um, like it feels of the time period, but also like I remember we were watching and he would use like a gadget. You'd be like, they didn't have those. I was like, yeah, but Batman is always meant to be like ahead of the curve. Yes, yes, yes. So, like, in terms of his technological... His, his so, it would make sense that he would have something that didn't exist yet. Because, like, well, he would. Mm-hmm. But he just doesn't have, like, stuff that is advanced for us. Because it's 1889. Yes. Like, he wouldn't have stuff that's advanced for 2023. He would have stuff that's advanced for 1889. Well, I didn't I didn't know if they had grappling hooks back then. But, but, he, but Batman would. I know. That's I what know. I'm saying. How far advanced is he, though? I don't know. Um... I mean, he so he basically invents fingerprint, like, science? Okay, that was like a throwaway line, but yes. Also, it's implied that he, he studied under Sherlock Holmes. Did they say that? No, because he says, a mentor once told me, and then he quotes Sherlock Holmes, oh. that when you eliminate the impossible, whatever's left, however improbable, must be the truth. Mm. So, yeah. so Sherlock Holmes confirmed exists... I As a real person in this universe, <laughs> I guess. So. Um, oh well, yeah, and then and then Houdini too. Houdini was a real person, though. I know, but I'm saying in this, pers- like in this yes situation, mm-hmm. that he personally knew a famous person. Yes, he's like I paid him what fifty bucks or something, mm-hmm. or two hundred bucks to to do that trick with inflation. How much do you think three hundred dollars is? Like a million dollars. Let's look, hold on. Like inflation, I'm gonna find out. Inflation calculator. Okay. Let's say what what did, what was it? Three hundred dollars in eighteen eighty nine. I don't remember what it was. Yeah, it was like something like that. They didn't say what year, but I think I read that it's supposed to. That's the year it's supposed to be. Oh, it doesn't even show it. The earliest it goes nineteen thirteen. So let's just see nineteen thirteen. <laughs> in in nineteen thirteen, mm-hmm. that would be almost ten thousand dollars. <laughs> so, but that's like thirty years later. Oh my god. Okay. Um, what else do we got here? Um, this also showed the time period's horrible treatment of the mentally ill. So he goes yes. to see Doctor Str- Doctor Strange, but not not Marvel Doctor Strange, <laughs> Doctor Hugo Strange. Hugo. Um, at like the insane at Arkham. Yeah. And it's like Arkham was always bad, but it was always okay. I thought because like they're villains and they're evil, like they're criminally insane. But these just look like like mentally ill people, and they're just like in a room, just like oh. In a pit. Yeah, like oh, it's just awful. Like, but it, it's 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 historically accurate, unfortunately. It scares me so much how like, like, how that was like a thing, or like kind of still is, I suppose. In some, it's ways, still bad, but, like, but not. But it's like it's like a four. It's like staying at the Four Seasons compared to what it used to be. Like that's terrifying. Yeah. Like, like if we abuse, were, if we were born in a different time, like, like that would be us, or that would be me. You know, like. Yeah. That's scary. It's okay. I don't know if you're. I don't know if you're. I don't know if you're wacky enough. I used to put people in for, for depression and bipolar and stuff. 
anxiety. Mm-hmm. They're always sending rich bitches to the countryside. Because they really believed in like the quality of air like makes a huge difference. Which is true to some degree, but not. No, but like all literally, like oh, like literally, because the air doesn't have as much pollution. Like it's like you know, so when someone was like sick, they would send them to the country. Yeah. And the thing was, is that it was kind of like ended up being right for the wrong reason. Yeah. Like going somewhere like in the country was good, but not because the air was better, was but because you were around less people because they didn't understand germ theory yet. Mm. They didn't understand being in tight proximity with other people, like increases yeah. the chances of like transmission of, of viruses and bacteria. Yeah. So like it ended up helping them, but not because the air was better. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's like, yeah, they'll breathe better and, the, you know, get that's more not sun how, yeah. and whatever. You also think blood, also, you know about bloodletting, too. Uh, like, George yes. Washington time, they thought if you just, like, like drained their... temperature, right? No, just for any oh, for disease. They oh. just thought if you bl- drained a lot of blood, like, the disease will come out with the blood. <laughs> I guess, which is preposterous. <laughs> oh, my Because um, they didn't understand the... Anyway, what else we got here? The fight scenes I thought were pretty decent. Especially because of that mm. R rating, like, they're allowed to be, like, a little more violent. Even though, like, I don't just mean in terms of there being more blood, but just, like, it felt like a lot more, Like, I felt the punches. Like, the sound design. It was very crunchy. <laughs> crunchy. You know? Um, I thought it was cool when they were fighting um, on the Ferris wheel. That's intense. Right? Mm-hmm. You can fall off at any time. Scary. Shit. Oh, how will, how will Batman get out of this jam? <laughs> and the things are swinging, and then it catches on fire. I don't know how that happened. Oh, because the cement-looking stuff was actually gasoline. It, it did not look like cement. It looked at like all. cement. Why it, would there be cement in a brown, in a wooden barrel? I don't know. Cement free. I don't. A. I don't think cement existed yet. And B. <laughs> cement. If it's not moving, that's why the trucks are rotating. Because if it stops moving, it freezes and no, hardens. I, I know. So I, how could it be sitting in a barrel? That's why I was confused. But it was It would just be a barrel filled with solid slow. cement. It was gray and lumpy and slow. <sighs> okay. And, well, they, no, and I, I think they did have cement because that's how you put bricks together. But that's not cement the way cement is. I, I don't think. And again, it was if it's cement, it would have to be moving. Pretty sure. Once once <sighs> What are bricks be this is this is so no, that's how you glue them together to make a house. Bricks are commonly made from clay, not cement. I didn't say the bricks. I said the glue to put the bricks together. Ugh, what is the glue you know, like, used for bricks? I know. You know, like when Makes people do the scraping of... thing and then it's like, you know. No, the, it's it's held together with mortar. What is mortar? Um, mortar is a mixture of cement, sand, and water that binds the bricks. Did they have brick? Cement. Did they have brick houses back hmm. then? Cement. Interesting. But again, it wouldn't be in a barrel. Yes, they had some, some brick houses. If the pigs had brick houses, of course the people When had did brick, brick houses. houses come out? They- <laughs> oh no, that's the song. <laughs> brick house start being built. <laughs> oh, around the 1600s. Yes, of course. But still, it wouldn't be... It didn't look like cement at all. You think if they're gonna... It, if they're going to learn Why that the they... hay doesn't work and then the whatever the other pig has, sticks or something, then they're like, <sighs> oh, the bricks work, so we got to make a brick house, right? Okay. You know okay. what I'm saying? That's why you tell legends and, and little fables and stories and stuff so people learn. They were like, hey, not good. Sticks, a little better, but still not good. Unless you got some Lincoln Logs situation going on. Although we have fire now, so still not a good situation. 
And then... Oh, right, 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 right. Stop. We should, do, Stop. we should use bricks. I get criticized for talking about the beautiful women. <laughs> which is not even a true criticism because I bring it up every time, but it's a very small amount of time. I'm not criticizing. The amount of unrelated stuff we've both talked about, including myself, <laughs> is preposterous. Do you want to use some trivia? Fine. Lime. Do you just call me lame? <laughs> just, just going back. We we can talk about other stuff. You don't want to talk about bricks? I, I really do. I don't want to talk about bricks at all. <laughs> I don't find bricks very interesting, to be honest with you. <laughs> okay. Um, the it's just a trivia here. The Ferris wheel, like the real one, like the real thing, was named after its inventor George Washington Gale Ferris Jr. It's a very long name. Uh, but in this, it's called the Fox Wheel. Uh, the reference to the attraction as a fox wheel implies that this in, that in this world it was built by Batman's ally Lucius Fox. Mm. Even though we don't see him. We don't see him. No, well, a black person in 1889, he had to be hidden. <laughs> um, in the orphan's first robbery, Tim, as in Tim Drake, is afraid and mentions what happened to Johnny Gobbs. This is the same line used in Tim Burton's Batman 1989 when one of the muggers at the beginning of the film is afraid while sharing the loot on the rooftop. Hmm. I think he also said, like... I heard about what happened to Johnny Gobbs. So it was a reference to that. Uh, it was a little Easter egg, if you will. Oh, yes. Wait. Remember I, the two mongers in the beginning? Yeah, yeah. and they, they looked like sickly or something. But then mm -hmm. they were like, yeah. oh, like, it can't be true. Like, don't be afraid, whatever. And he's like, yeah. I heard what happened to Johnny Gobbs. Like, Poor Johnny. Anyway. When first discussing the Ripper's murders to the city council at the fair, Sister Agatha, I thought he was Sister Leslie, mentions, maybe it was a different nun, Mentions that the Ripper, quote, sent a kidney to the Gotham Gazette, end quote, and asks if, if that is an odd thing to do. In real life, the actual Jack the Ripper did send part of a kidney of one of his victims to the police oh. in a parcel that also contained the famous letter, quote, from hell and oh. the signature that gave him his name. Oh. So he, I guess he called himself Jack the Ripper. I really don't know much about Jack the Ripper. I just know he was a serial killer in London in this time period. They never found out. Women. They never found out. They never out. found him. While the film, it was Jim Gordon. And, While well, the and Agatha was the one with her. She Leslie oh, was there like and Agatha. And Agatha. Mm. While the film doesn't state the exact year, the Gotham by Gaslight comic set the story in 1889, which is why I've been saying it 1889. Mm. Though there were some anachronisms in this, I can't remember. I didn't write them down, but there were some anachronisms. Um, with what, the like story. time period. Yeah, so like things that wouldn't have existed then. Mm. Um, and not just the Batman stuff. Like there'd be some other stuff. I was like, I don't think that existed yet. Mm. Like someone would be doing something. And mm -hmm. I'm like, that doesn't... I don't think that even exists, was invented yet. Yeah. Um, I forget what they were, though. Like the grappling hook. Yeah. No, but that was a catchy. I'm talking about people just doing <laughs> other stuff. Um, like I said before, Selena Kyle slash Catwoman never appeared in the original comic that the film is based on. Um, this is the third DC animated project in which actor Bruce Greenwood has voiced Bruce Wayne slash Batman. He previously played the role in Batman Under the Red Hood and the animated TV series Young Justice. Bruce Greenwood, you know him as Gerald from Gerald's Game. Ah! The husband. Gerald! He was also JFK in one of my favorite movies, 13 Days, which we watched, if ah! you remember. That um, guy was scary. Well, he just died. It's not his fault. But then he got eaten by a dog. Oh, that's right. And then he was, like, kind of haunting her. That's right. Anyway. Ugh. While in prison, Bruce Wayne encounters a huge prisoner fight, fighting who is called Cyrus Gold. In DC Comics, Cyrus Gold would later become Solomon Grundy. What? So he was I a figured, big I was guy. like, it's another big dude, yeah. So he was a big guy. He wasn't just like a monster yeah. guy. 
Um, according to the filmmakers, Bruce's unnamed defense lawyer is Jacob Packer, who eventually, oh, excuse me, who appeared in the Gotham by Gaslight comic as Bruce's guardian and was eventually revealed to be Jack the Ripper. Oh, so, so it wasn't that in the, in the comic, his defense lawyer was Jack the Ripper. It's that in the story, it was Bruce's guardian and they kind of repurposed that character as the defense lawyer in this. Mm. So I was wrong earlier. In the in the comic, it wasn't his defense lawyer; it was his guardian who turned out to be Jack the Ripper. For the same reasons, or you don't know? I have no idea. Mm. Probably also for moralistic reasons. I don't know. Mm. Uh, James Gordon. We kind of talked about this. James Gordon is said to be a veteran of Antietam. The Battle of Antietam was fought in 1862 and is considered one of the worst battles of the American Civil War. Furthermore, Gordon's comments about diseased whores probably pro strongly implies he had firsthand experience with venereal disease. Um, the primary VD, venereal disease, of the late 19th century was syphilis, one type of which can attack the brain and induce madness. This is neurosyphilis. And the only treatment available then were mercury compounds, which were not only ineffective, but caused poisoning and madness too. <laughs> the, latter, the latter is known as erethism, erethism or mad hatter disease. So not only would it cause you to go crazy, but then the, the solution back then would also make you go crazy. With these in mind, Gordon's insanity makes much more sense. So perhaps he got the, a disease and then kind of went cuckoo. Uh, cuckoo, cuckoo. Well, uh, oh my God. And then, uh, what was it? The serum or whatever that, that he shot um, Selena with to like make her sleepy. It was like his his wife's sleep medicine. Oh, yes. It was like a her had heroin in it, it yeah, which it was, was normal like, at the was time. It like heroin and like, uh, what is it? Like bleach or, or like some cleaning pro I don't know. Yeah, I actually have a piece of trivia. Oh, alcohol. She said, he said, uh, heroin and alcohol and something else. I was like, well, yeah, if a baby was fussy, you would, you would dip the pacifier in some whiskey and put it in their mouth and they would fall asleep. Or opium. Yeah. Oh um, my God. Remember the, remember the, the homeless woman who, yeah. who gets murdered, um, murdered. Marlene rhymes with Harleen, the name of Harley <laughs> Quinn. Marlene acts like an elderly version of Har Harley. Mm. Um, both Har Marlene and Harley Quinn were voiced by Tara Strong. Uh, Gordon slash Jack the Ripper injects Selena with a, quote, 7% solution of, of laudanum, 3% heroin in alcohol, uh, end quote. Sherlock Holmes, whose character was an influence on this film, was known to use a 7% solution of cocaine. Oh. As we know, yeah, Sherlock Holmes was always was addicted to cocaine. Oh, really? Yes, that, that was from the original stories, too. Um, yeah. Was that in the movies? I don't remember that. Uh, maybe. It was in Sherlock, like the Benedict Cumberbatch BBC show. Oh. Him being addicted to I, I think something. I, I think I only watched the Robert Downing Jr. one. Because yeah. you were normie. Yeah. Um, anyway, so like I said, so Sherlock Holmes was known to use a 7% solution of cocaine. The phrase 7% solution has since become strongly associated with the character. So that's probably why they say 7% solution of whatever it is. Oh, um, is, is loud denim? Is that I cocaine? Know. I don't know. Hmm. We may never know. Uh, an alcoholic solution containing morphine prepared from opium and formerly used as a neurotic painkiller. Mm, so, kind okay. of, yeah. Okay. When Marlene says she needed her medicine, it may refer to gin, which I thought was like, yes, obviously. Oh. <laughs> um, but back then it was also used medicinally during the Victorian era. In subsequent scenes, she pulls out a flask and drinks from it. Mm -hmm. I thought it was just funny because it's like your medicine because like you're self-medicating with alcohol because you're an alcoholic. Yeah. But like literally they would use that sometimes as medicine. Oh. Well, people say that, though. Yeah, because like, it's oh, like they're self-medic. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, as Gordon backs into the flames after Batman has cuffed him, he's consumed by the fire. At the end of his scream, he laughs somewhat maniacally, and the flames of Batman's face turn green, a possible hint or at least a nod to the Joker. What? 
Again, just more of a nod. Not that he's literally going to become the Joker, but just like this idea of like another crazy foe that Batman has to fight. I did not see any green I did flames. Not, I did not either. But you know what I did see? The critical reception for this. So <laughs> at the time um, when it came out, in terms of that reaction, Rotten Tomatoes has a 75%. Um, Julian Romano at Movie Web gave the film a positive review, going so far as to say it, it, quote, ranks among the best of the DC animated universe, end quote. He says uh, the film surpasses Batman the Killing Joke, doing a better job of adapting the source material, material, praising screenwriter Jim Krieg and director Sam Liu for their intelligent approach. He notes the R rating and acknowledges that although the film is not suitable for younger audiences and features violence and coarse language, it is not gratuitous. Which I would agree because I didn't even realize it was rated R. Yeah, it's not, yeah, it's not outrageous or anything like, um, like, I feel like some, some things are, it's just like, okay, that's enough. Like, okay, we get it. Sometimes movies will be R, and it's like, well, we have to earn this R rating. So they make it, like, as violent as possible. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's like, well, for R, like, let's make it as R as possible. Um, in terms of my reaction on Letterboxd, it has a 3.2 out of 5. Here are some reviews. Ellie writes, quote, When I was younger, I was tired of... Uh, excuse me. When I was younger, I was terrified of Jack the Ripper. But now I'm older and wiser. I know that Batman solved the case and beat the shit out of him. <laughs> that's why they, so they don't have to worry about that's why they never found him. that's why they never found them um suspirlium oh. that's a pretty clever name suspirlium writes quote period drama batman is something i am very much here for i agree i'd love to see like more fan like one of my dreams is that they make a superman film but it's set in the 30s and 40s mm. like the original comics were like because yeah. but the original comics weren't set then they were just set in the present day, yeah. <laughs> which was the 30s or 40s, which which was kind of why I really liked the new Godzilla movie, because mm -hmm. like it took place in the 40s, mm -hmm. but I don't think any of the films have ever been like period pieces, like looking back at another period, they've always just been like of of the time period. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm in agreement with you, Suspirlium. And then Drew May wrote, honestly, probably my favorite Batsuit I've ever seen on screen. I agree. It really captures the Victorian era whilst also, I like whilst, whilst also completely capturing who Batman is. God, I love it. <laughs> Couldn't agree more, Drew. Okay, favorite part. Scene, character, actor, line, what? What's your favorite oh, part? Oh, jeez. Um, oh, cheese and crackers. I honestly don't know. Why don't you go first? Um, what? I don't know. I just kind of enjoyed the whole thing. That You kind of said something along those lines earlier where it just felt like very consistent. Yeah. Or sometimes there's like ups and downs and like this part's good and that part's kind of boring and stuff. And yeah. So you're saying your favorite part is the movie? <laughs> yes. My favorite movie, the movie. Um, I think I would say my favorite part, maybe it's a little broad, is again, just like the way they use the Victorian era as a springboard for really interesting like thematic applications of Batman. Mm -hmm. And these ideas about morality um, and also his outfit. Mm -hmm. um, really, really cool. I want that action figure. Mm -hmm. Okay. It looked kind of stiff, but okay. No, I think because it was like all cloth. I know, but it was like a bunch of cloth because it because it was like the Victorian age. I don't know. I don't know. I feel the only like... thing I know is that the next part of the show is where we give it a one out of ten, one to ten rating. <laughs> one. <laughs> one. I, I I said that for like the first thirty episodes or whatever. I was like one <laughs> one one out of ten. Um, I think I'm gonna give it an eight. An eight? Yeah. Holy moly! So one of your faves. Yeah. Eight is great. Okay. So so where are you gonna put this? You think in your ranking? Eight. Um. Um. <laughs> um 
Well, talk us through. Don't just think in your head. Like, what, what are you looking at? What okay, are you... okay. So, my lowest eight is Batman 66. Um, I think I do enjoy it more than that. And then... Really? More than Adam West? I know, I know. But this is like... Ugh, it's the eternal struggle between silly and like... Like, like uh, captivating. Not serious. Not silly. Yeah. yeah, silly and not serious. Would you say it gripped you? <laughs> yeah, Did it have a gorilla grip on you? <laughs> I don't know about that. Um, okay, and then The Dark Knight. Um, I don't know. I, well, I feel like this is like just because it's shorter. It's like an Okay, easier. so it's both. I don't know. Okay. Um, and then Monster Mayhem. Um, Uh-oh. I think. I think I do like it the, more than that one. Whoa! Holy smokes. Um, okay. And then Batman The Dark Knight Returns Part 2. The one where he fights Superman. Mm, I'm going to put the... Well, I'm going to say I like this one better because... Um, oh, it's really going up because, the ranks. Well, because he turns into a mole person. Um, <laughs> and... and you don't like that he turns into a mole. It just, it just, a little unsatisfying, it, I think. Yeah. It just doesn't operationally make sense. Mm, okay. But, um. What about this or Batman Begins? Batman Begins. Uh oh. She's thinking. I'm, you know, I'm not giving you answers. No, no, I don't. I'm tired of you not remembering <laughs> movies. I can understand some of these like random ones we've watched. This is like one of the most important ones. Those are the ones that stick out the most because they're so silly. I am not answering this. Okay, you. okay, no, okay. So I know, I know. The Dark Knight is the one with with um, <laughs> the Joker, okay. with Heath, right? And then the Batman Begins is the beginning one, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, wait, wait, wait. Are you telling me Batman Begins? In that movie? Yes! Oh, I'm trying to remember. Uh... I'll tell you. It's the one with Liam Neeson no, I know. and Killian Murphy. I, no, I know which one it is. But what are you trying to remember? <sighs> Different things, my feelings. Your feelings. Um... Oh, frick. I'm sorry, I know this isn't interesting, but this is really immoral. It could be interesting, but just talk us through. Like, you're just, you're thinking something, but then just going, oh, man. Oh, man. Just say what you're thinking that's making you say, oh, man. Okay. Like, what's making you say, oh, man? Well, I'm trying to think of different scenes to compare. Um, So, I remember he has to rebuild the house. Oh, and you said, yes, Liam Neeson. So, he does the training situation. Um... I think I'm going to put this one... Oh, well, then The Dark Knight Rises. What is that? That is... Um, the one with Bane. Um, yes, I'm going to I'm gonna put this above Batman Begins, but below but The below. Dark Knight Rises. Wow, because, so you're top eight. Because the, the... We should have just started. Instead of working from the bottom, we should have just started from the top. We would have <laughs> saved a lot of time. I'm sorry. Wow, so this is your number three. Oh. Out of 32. Wow. I like top it. Te- top 90 percentile, right? Yeah, I, I thought it was good. Yeah. I, I liked it. I liked the setting. I, I liked the, the story, the twist. Um, yeah. You know. Mm-hmm. 
The nods. The nod. I love a good nod. <laughs> the commentary. They were nodding so much, you would have thought their head was going to pop off their neck. They were nodding <laughs> like so much. Like a bubblehead. Yeah. Um, I'm going to give this a seven. I thought it was good. Still not great, but but that's not a knock against it. I think it's just really, really strong. Um, and I think I'm going to put this... Um, hmm... I think I'm gonna put this also pretty high. I'm gonna put this above Batman and Harley Quinn, but what? below. Yeah, because now, like we said, Batman and Harley Quinn is hilarious, but then there'll be like, for every two scenes that are incredible, there's one scene that's like kind of just mid and boring. Yes, yes, yes. Whereas this one again was like very consistently like well, pretty engaging. I was just confused because I, I thought you loved all the all the curvature. And I did like the curvature, but this yeah. one had curvature to this make is, up for this it. Is true. This so is this true. is now this is my number five out of thirty-two. And this is your number three. So in the final estimation, okay. this one might end up being pretty high up on the list. Okay. Because again, what we do, listeners, is after we watch all the films, we, we, we do a retrospective episode. And we combine our rankings. That's kind of, so like combine all the, the, like, you know, like almost like golf. So if we both gave, put something in the first place, it has two points. Mm -hmm. So that would be like the winner, like the highest one, because it's like, it's like golf, right? But here's the thing, is that we both put Gotham by Gaslight really high. But if we have conflicting picks above that, mm -hmm. that will bring those movies down. So if there's if there are movies that we both put relatively high, those end up being like really really high. Do mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, it's kind of like if there's like if you're picking between three things, and everyone like half of the people pick for choice A for number one, and mm -hmm. fifty percent choose choice C for number one, but everyone chooses choice B as number two. Yes. Number two. Like, choice B will, like, win. Yeah. Because, like, in terms of, like, ranked choice vote. Like, yes, ranked choice vote. You know, or, or not ranked choice, but just, like, um, like because even though we got second place, everyone put it in second place. Yeah. Whereas yes, some yes. people put this at number one, whereas other people put it at the very bottom. Yes. Right? Yes, yes. So this might end up doing really well in our it's final the, ranking. Um, the medium. No, the medium. No, it's just it's just doing what I said. Like if you can, if you have people rank it, not rank choice voting, but if you have just no, everyone rank it and it's combine the rankings, then things that maybe only got second place, but if it got second place consistently enough, it could top things that got first place a lot because other people put it really low. No, I know. Isn't there? Isn't there the math term? I have no idea. I just I this we just do it on our. It's the it's the Peter method. Oh, okay. Okay. That's it for this week's episode. Now that's what I call a franchise. Next week, we'll be watching the next film in the franchise, the 2018 film, Batman Ninja. Viviana, where can they find us? You guys can find us wherever you get your podcasts, and don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Franchise Podcast. We know you have many podcasting options, and we thank you for choosing us. Peace out, guys. Later, guys.